You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I am, in a minute, going to pick up where I left off in last week's podcast episode where I said I would talk about planning. There you are. I planned to start this week's podcast episode by talking about planning. And the best laid plans of mice and men, as the old saying goes, or as I said last week, if you want to make God laugh, tell her your plans. I want to start off with something entirely different for starters this week, because in last week's episode, I mentioned things like depression and bipolar disorder. And I've had quite a reaction to my apparent suggestion that these conditions can be cured by looking after our own state of mind. Indeed, one particular person emailed me and said that there is no cure to bipolar disorder or no known cure. And in my email response to him, I said, apparently incurable conditions can be cured through managing our state of mind, through managing the chemicals that bounce around in our brains, through managing the chemicals that, as a result of what's going on in our brains, flood our bodies. I'm not going to go into it in any detail in this particular episode, because I've already done that. I would refer you back to episodes 70, Healthy Mind and Healthy Body, and episode 71, Healthy Mind healthy mind, where I talked about some of my own experiences with clients in providing solutions or experiencing solutions, or if you like, cures to the apparently incurable. Now, don't get me wrong for one minute. One thing I want to say straight off is that if you have a physical condition and the medical profession has prescribed a certain course of treatment, action, or intervention, that will help you get better. I'm not saying you ditch that. What I'm saying is that what is being prescribed from the perspective of physical conditions will have a greater impact if you look after your own state of mind. In relation to mental conditions, if I can put it like that, that's a different kettle of fish altogether by virtue of the fact that there is too much pill popping, as was described to me by somebody else in reaction to last week's podcast episode. There's too much pill popping and pill prescribing going on in the medical profession when it comes to mental health. Ultimately, I made the point last week, and I've made it in those two episodes that I just mentioned, your mental health is down to how you use the piece of equipment between your two ears. So I'd urge you to go back and have a listen to those two podcast episodes. And you might pick up on last week's one as well, where I talked specifically about depression, including clinical depression and bipolar disorder. But I said last week that I would come back this week to talking about planning. Um, before we go any further, I want to ask you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Did you plan to meet your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend? 
let me elaborate on that. Did you plan to meet that specific person? Did you plan to meet the people that changed your life? Did you plan anything where ultimately the implementation of that plan was exactly as how you planned it? Answer those questions for yourself and you'll begin to understand what I'm actually getting at when I say that planning is a waste of our time and energy. I was asked a question on a Zoom session with online program owners a couple of weeks ago in relation to business planning. And the online program owner in question said to me that what I was suggesting sounded like a large passenger liner or ship leaving port and the captain saying to the first mate, full steam ahead. And the first mate saying, where are we going? And the captain saying, I don't know. But that is not what I was saying at all. When we use our minds in the way in which I have always spoken about using our minds throughout this podcast, we know where we want to end up, or at least we know the next outcome that we want to achieve. So if I go back to what my friend said about the passenger liner or ship leaving port, he's wrong. Because if I stick with that analogy for a minute, what I'm saying to you is the ship leaves port. The captain says to the first mate, full steam ahead. The first mate says, where are we going, captain? And the captain answers, we already know where we're going because we've seen where we're going, because we've set our minds to where we're going. We don't know what weather conditions will be like along the way, because you can't predict that and you can't control it. We don't know what challenges we will encounter along the way. Equally so, we can't predict those. We don't know what opportunities we will come across along the way to enable us get there more effortlessly or quicker than any planned route might take. And I suppose that is the key point that I'm making. If we go back to the questions that I asked you a couple of moments ago, you will begin to understand that life doesn't work according to a plan. Business doesn't work according to a plan. Let's take the easy one first, business. Because the world is littered with business plans that were never implemented for the simple reason that the moment the ink was dry on the business plan, conditions had changed outside conditions over which the business had no control have changed. The circumstances in which the business finds itself from day to day will always be changing because of market conditions and because of what competitors are doing and because of unforeseen things, like, for example, the war in Ukraine at the moment, like, for example, COVID. I cannot imagine a single board director in any airline anywhere in the world, sitting down in 2019, autumn 2019, putting together their business plan for 2020 and saying to each other, let's plan to have no flights for six months next year. Nobody did that because nobody could see what was coming. What we need to do from a business point of view is know where we're going, not how we're going to get there. Sure, if I'm a project manager and I'm in charge of building a house, 
for example. I need to know that I will have certain stuff on site at a particular point in time in a particular order so that, for example, I can build the walls before it comes to putting the roof on. But that's not the planning I'm talking about. That is doing. That's actually ensuring that I do what I need to do every day to ensure that I get to the outcome that I have envisaged in exactly the same way. As people said to me over the years when I used to, for example, travel to an event in Dublin or Paris or London or further afield, people would say to me, but you plan to get here. And my answer always was, no, I didn't plan to get here. I made the necessary arrangements to ensure I was here. But very often my flights were delayed or cancelled. Sometimes I would miss connections. On the odd occasion, my luggage was lost. They are things that I certainly didn't plan to happen. But they are things that I worked around as a result of knowing where I was going. I suppose more importantly, knowing why I was going there. So, for example, if I went to Waco in Texas, I would know exactly the purpose of my visit in relation to the people that I was working with in Waco in Texas at the time. So we need to know our why and we need to know the outcome that we dearly would love to experience. You see, I've used the word experience rather than achieve. And we need to leave the rest to the part of us that is expert at doing what we need to do. Let me look at business planning from another perspective. At least 96% of businesses, that's based on scientific facts, but at least 96% of businesses will sit down in the autumn of each year, assuming that their financial year is running as a calendar year. We'll sit down in the autumn of each year and say, well, we're likely to achieve, I don't know, $10 million in sales this year. Let's set a challenging target for ourselves next year of $12 million. That's a 20% increase. We're really going to have something to shout about if we increase our sales from $10 million to $12 million next year. Let's go for it. Let's energize ourselves. Let's ensure that come this time next year, we're patting ourselves on the back as a result of achieving something. That is such a, and I quote, this is corporate jargon, stretch target. What if you're in a business that has sales of $10 million every year and you don't realize that if you did something ever so slightly different, you could be selling $50 million worth of stuff? I, I was talking to somebody a few days ago in relation to online marketing and in relation in particular to email marketing. And I was actually listening in on this conversation rather than actually involved. One person said to another person, how can I double my email list? I have an email list of 20,000 people. How can I double my email list to 40,000 people without having to pay for it? Most people will increase their email list by paying for Facebook ads, as an example. And the other individual said, you don't need to double your email list to double your sales, you need to double the engagement of the people you already have on your email list. The point I'm making is that when it comes to business planning, business owners think that the world works in straight lines because their logical thinking minds work in straight lines, or at least they think so. Ordinary businesses will set those 
quote unquote, stretch targets without realizing that all they're doing is working off what was in the first place a normal, crazy, mediocre performance. High achieving businesses will compare themselves to other businesses, their competitors, and say we're better than the rest, we're performing better. But what they're doing is that the best of a mediocre bunch of normal crazy businesses run by normal crazy people. There are businesses that stand out that were never normal nor crazy when they were set up in the first place. Microsoft, for example, Apple is even a better example. Did Steve Jobs along with Steve Wozniak in his garage in, I can't remember where they started, when he was putting together the very first Apple computer. Did they have a dream of global domination? No, they were doing what they were doing and seeing where it would take them. Did they, when they actually start getting big, saying, well, this year we sold $10 million worth of computers. Next year, we're going to surprise the world and sell $11 million of computers. No, they had a completely different perspective of where they were going or what they were intending to experience. Listen to what I've just said, what they were intending to experience. Now, I'm not holding either of the businesses that I have just mentioned as paragons of virtue. All I'm saying is that they were not ordinary stroke, normal, crazy businesses, particularly at inception. From a business point of view, as I said, it's actually easy to deal with business planning. You need to set your goals on the basis of what you want to achieve, or more importantly, how it will feel when you experience that achievement, and then let what happens happen within the constraints, and they are constraints, of trying to ensure that all the normal crazy people who are working for you will be galvanized enough to move in the right direction. That is perhaps the only reason why businesses should publish strategic plans or business plans. They give all the normal crazy people working for the business and 96% of the people working in any business will be normal crazy people. They give the normal crazy people something of a roadmap. It doesn't matter that the business won't follow that roadmap. There's comfort in the roadmap in the first place. When I started working for myself nearly 27 years ago, to ensure that the money kept flowing in the door, I would from time to time accept consultancy projects in helping organizations create their strategic business plans. And I recollect working for the World Bank, creating a strategic business plan for a small but go-ahead financial institution in Africa. I was with them for a couple of weeks. We put their plan together. And on the Thursday evening, before I was due to fly off on the Friday evening, president of the bank said to me, would I spend three hours the following morning, the Friday morning, talking them through how they could put in place a process for strategic planning off into the future? Because obviously I wasn't going to be there to help them out. So we all sat down in a freezing air conditioned office on the Friday morning. It was roasting outside and I came in underdressed for the occasion, if I can put it like that. We all sat down. There were nine people around a board table and I was invited to stand up and make my presentation. And I said to them, if you want to achieve anything in business, imagine how it will feel when you achieve that outcome. Write it down 
preferably write it down together as a leadership team. End of presentation. And because of what we'd done over the preceding three weeks, they all got it. And that bank went from strength to strength because they understood that what we need to do in business is know where we're going and why we're going there, not how we're going to get there. Now, it's actually even easier in life because I don't have to lead a team of people. I don't have to bring a team of people with me. I have to look after myself first and foremost. I'll come back to that in a moment. And that enables me to look after those around me. I am, just as you are, the most important person in my life. If I don't look after myself, I'm not going to be able to look after anybody else. Let me use the time-worn analogy at this stage. You're sitting strapped into your seat on an aircraft. They're flying this time. It's not the middle of 2020. And the aircraft pushes back from the departure gate. And one of the cabin crew stands up in front of you with a seatbelt and an oxygen mask. And they go through their safety routine. And they say to you, in the event of a drop in cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will be lowered in front of your face. Make sure you put on your oxygen mask first before you attempt to help anyone else with theirs. It's exactly the same thing in life. If I don't look after my own state of mind, it goes back right to the start of today's episode in relation to healthy mind, healthy mind. If I don't look after my state of mind first, I am a danger to everybody else. It isn't just that I'm useless. I'm actually a danger to people. And in particular, I'm a danger to people whom I claim to love. Now, I often get picked up on this saying that what I've just said is almost heartless. You know, fathers, mothers, they love their children. No, they don't. If they're not looking after their own state of mind, they're claiming to love their children. And if they don't look after their own state of mind, as we've discussed before in relation to parenting, they'll make throwaway remarks to, to the impressionable minds of the little people that they claim to love that will leave a mark, an indelible marker almost indelible, or we wouldn't be talking, an indelible mark on the minds of those children, simply because the parent wasn't in the right state of mind at the time and made a throwaway remark, which was, from the adult perspective, simply a throwaway remark, but something, as I said, that makes and leaves an impression on young and impressionable minds. So you need to look after yourself first. You need to also know what kind of experiences you want in your life. Now, I don't like the word want for the simple reason that wanting is very close to craving or needing. Let me phrase this a slightly different way. You need to know the experiences that you would love to have more of in your life. Now, there's an easy way of starting this, and very often people need an easy way of starting this because they haven't a clue the kind of life that they really want because no one has ever told them that they could have the life of their dreams if they used their mind in the right way. So most people, without having a clue as to what the starting point might be, will start as an easy starting point. You could list the things that you definitely would prefer to have less of in your life. That provides you with an insight into the things that really turn you on. But say you have decided, let's take a practical example. 
Say you have decided that you'd love to have a new home for yourself. Let's take this. This is a practical and real life example. Now, you have to do some groundwork. You have to know that you'll have the money first. So you need to talk to somebody, for example, about a loan. That's not the planning I'm talking about. That is the doing, putting your ducks in a row that I mentioned earlier on. So you talk to the individual, you say to yourself, well, I'm going to look at a couple of properties and then you make an offer on a property that you think you want. Now listen to the words that I've just said, think, which is a dangerous thing, and want, which is also, as I alluded to a minute ago, not quite the right place to be from the perspective of getting what is best for you out of life. So you make an offer on a property, the offer is accepted. And on the day you are to take possession of the property, you discover completely by chance, because it wasn't in your plan, that the property in question is the subject of a court case. So you immediately drop the property. As I said, this is a real life example that comes straight from an online program owner. The lady in question goes home to her mother and her mother says to her, God, you must be devastated that you haven't got the house that you wanted. And my program owner says to her mother, it is what it is. And all it means is that something better is going to come along for me. Now, before we go any further, I want to ask you a question. Did my friend plan to discover that the house she was going to buy was subject to a court case? No, she didn't, because she didn't know. It's like the captain sailing from port. He doesn't know what waves are going to hit the ship. Roll on just a few days. We're not talking about weeks or months here. Because my friend stumbles across another property that had just come onto the market. That is in a nicer area that needs less work and is considerably cheaper than the property she was first going to buy. She decides to go and look at the property. They walk into this other property and her daughter says to her, I want this house. They have the same wallpaper on the hall stairs and landing as they have in my bedroom in our previous house that they were renting. And she buys the house. It's better located. It needs less work. It's cheaper. All in all, it is, if I can put it like this, what is best for her. Now, I need to put it like that, because deep down, you and I know what is best for us. And that is why we need to look after our own state of mind, because if we don't, we'll never discover what we already know deep down. We don't need plans. We need to know what outcomes we're looking for. We need to know what those outcomes will feel like, because it is the feeling, the emotional experience that will capture our subconscious mind's attention to enable our subconscious mind literally get the picture of that which we would love to have in our lives so that this part of our mind can, wait for it, go off and get it without any planning at all. I'm looking for a breakthrough in my business. And the reason I'm looking for a breakthrough in my business is that from where I'm sitting, not enough people know about what I do. And that's important from my perspective because people need to know what I do because it changes their lives. From where I'm sitting, not enough people 
own the online program because that is the ultimate way of enabling you experience the kind of life that you would love to experience. So I'm looking for a breakthrough in my business. I was talking to my online program owners on Zoom last Wednesday night, and we were talking about what we're just talking about here, actually, in relation to business planning. And we were talking about to-do lists, and we were talking about doing the right things. And I said to them on a Wednesday evening, over the next two days, I have some really important things to do in my business that will lead me to the breakthrough that I'm looking for. And somebody said, have you planned for that? What are they? I said, I haven't a clue what they are. I had no idea what the important things are that I will be doing over the next 48 hours. Thursday evening, I get an email out of the blue that provides me with an opportunity to make that breakthrough. Friday is a completely different day than it would otherwise have been if I had done what was on my to-do list. I ended up doing, for two hours, something that was of primary importance that on Wednesday evening I hadn't seen coming because the captain never knows what waves are going to hit the ship, if you look at it from a negative perspective, or from a positive perspective, the captain never knows what plain sailing he or she is going to encounter on what, if we use our minds correctly, is going to be the effortless journey of a lifetime, your lifetime, the kind of lifetime that you would love to experience. What's the key message from today's episode? You need to look after your own state of mind. You need to meditate, obviously, because that clears your mind. And the clearer your mind becomes, the clearer everything becomes, including the clarity that comes with beginning to unearth what you already know deep down inside. See you again next week. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, Join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-dash.com.